0: Welcome to the Open Places podcast, where we fill the gaps in our lives with true character. Today, we're going to hear from Wanda on the character quality of compassion. Let's listen in. I came across a quote that I thought was just too cute. It reads, author and lecturer Leo Buscaglia once talked about a contest he was asked to judge. The purpose of the contest was to find the most caring child. The winner was a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old old gentleman's yard, climbed into his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. (laughs) What does it mean to be compassionate? Does it even matter? What does the Bible have to say about it? See, some people view feeling pity for someone as a form of compassion, but in actuality, it's something very different. Compassion is something much deeper and more profound in its meaning. The word compassion comes from the Latin term compati. Com is a Latin word meaning together, and pati means to suffer. So together, compassion means to suffer together, to suffer with. Sympathy is when you share the feelings of another. It's an emotion that you share with someone else. Empathy is when you understand the feelings of another, but do not necessarily share them. This is different from sympathy because with empathy, the person is emotionally removed from the situation. Now, unlike sympathy and empathy, compassion has a tangible component to it. With compassion, not only do you recognize someone's pain and suffering, but you take action to, do, to help alleviate their pain and their suffering. Jesus was the ultimate example of compassion. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Jesus did not only model compassion, he taught us through his word what it looks like lived out. See, there are two areas of compassion that the Bible speaks of, the physical and the spiritual. The spiritual component is about the human spirit and the soul. It addresses the emotional needs to lessen the pain or distress of those who are suffering. Forgiveness is a form of compassion. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Romans 12.15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. 1 Peter 3.8 Finally, all of you. Be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. And lastly, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The second is the physical component of compassion, where we are called to meet the needs of the poor and the less fortunate by helping to care and provide for them. Proverbs 19.17 says, "When you give to the poor, it is like lending to the Lord, and the Lord will pay you back." Proverbs 28:27. "Whoever gives to the poor lacks nothing. Whoever ignores the poor receives many curses." Proverbs 14:31. "If you oppress poor people, you insult the God who made them. But kindness shown to the poor is an act of worship." 1 John 3:17 through 18. "If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, How can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. You see, biblical compassion is grounded in action and in truth. You know, there are people who help others and they do it simply to satisfy their ego or for publicity or even financial gain. And that is not operating in truth. So while there may be a physical action, there is no truth because the motivation is self-seeking. You know, we are not to exploit or take advantage of the poor or marginalize them or treat them as if they don't matter. Proverbs 22, 22 says, Do not exploit the poor person because he is poor and do not crush the needy in court. Proverbs 22, 16. A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by show- showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Proverbs 21, 13. If you refuse to listen to the cry of the poor, your own cry will n- for help will not be heard. This is a sobering reminder that God will ultimately give to us what we give to others. In other words, those who exploit and oppress the poor in order to get rich or get ahead in, in life will end in poverty. And so it's not saying that this is exclusively referring to financial poverty because there are plenty of people who have access to all kinds of material possession. But spiritually, they're going to be poor, they're going to be depressed, and never at peace. So taking advantage of those who are less fortunate emotionally or physically is never going to end well for anyone. But there is something that does kill compassion, and that is indifference. At the White House in nineteen ninety-nine, Ellie Weisel gave a speech titled The Perils of Indifference. And to give you a point of reference, he was a Jewish boy born in 1928 in Romania. And at the age of 15, he and his entire family were deported to Poland, and they were forced into a Nazi concentration camp, specifically Auschwitz. And at that time, that being the worst of, out of all the concentration camps, because over a million people died there. He and his father were separated from his mother and his uh, three sisters, but it was only he and his two older sisters who survived. He spoke of how he and everyone in the concentration camp felt abandoned and forgotten, and their only consolation was to assume that the only reason they were still there was because no one knew about them. They would say to themselves, surely if someone knew, they would move heaven and earth to intervene and would have spoken out in outrage. And this is what he says about indifference. Is it necessary at times to practice it, simply simply to keep one's sanity? To live normally? To enjoy a fine meal as the world around us experiences upheaval? Indifference can be tempting. More than that, seductive. It is so much easier to look away from victims. It is so much easier to avoid rude interruptions to our work, our dreams, our hopes. It is awkward and troublesome to be involved in another person's pain and despair. Yet for the person who is indifferent, his or her neighbor is of of no consequence and therefore their lives are meaningless hidden or invisible anguish is of no interest. Indifference reduces the other to an abstraction. What's what's even more tragic to all of this is that he shared that those who actually survive the concentration camps would later find out that there were others who indeed knew that they were being held and they did nothing to help them out. You know, where was the compassion for the horrors that they were suffering? You know, indifference is sinful. It's a sign of a numb and cold heart. It is a lack of interest or concern for others. So when anyone has an attitude that something just doesn't matter, there's also no action to help. In fact, that is when evil thrives. It thrives in a cold and an uncaring heart. You know, indifference can can occur for many reasons, such as pride, feeling overwhelmed by social problems that you feel powerless, apathy, narcissism, selfishness, and simply not wanting to be bothered, as Eli Weiser described um, in his speech. But another reason for injurement that I think is probably more common and most relatable to most is the hurt from bad experiences. I've been guilty of a difference because of my own hurtful experiences with both strangers and friends. For me, it was a constant inner struggle. I would encounter people who needed help, but hurtful feelings from the past would resurface and I would suppress my desires to help. I would be suspicious of people who came to me with their stories. I experienced firsthand betrayal from people pretending to be poor. I've also had friends take advantage of my desire to genuinely genuinely help them out in their time of need. I've also had friends who I would later learn were only my friends because I was was. I was a convenient babysitter and i would always say yes when they needed help and when they no longer needed me well they stopped reaching out and stepped out of my life i've also had people who helped who i helped in their time of need and when i needed their help those same people weren't there for me i've also heard stories about people who um how hard it is for people to remain compassionate to our friends or family who spend years struggling with drug addiction, the constant help and concern while seeing no real change is emotionally debilitating. You know, what about those who have trauma for being physically and emotionally abused? How do they operate in compassion when they never received any um, themselves? This is hard. Experiences like this make us cold and indifferent, even when it is not what we want to be. So rather than Taking a chance of being hurt and disappointed it feels safe to be indifferent and to just not care it's a form of self-preservation it's our defense mechanism for protecting our hearts and our emotions we want to help but the fear of being taken advantage of and all the feelings that come with that is not something that is easily ignored we know we are called to do the right thing but it's a struggle this is a hard truth to live out because a few bad experiences taint us And it has the power to destroy genuine compassion. But as God's people, we can't allow skepticism, disappointments, or even betrayal from others make us indifferent and therefore suppress the compassion that the Lord expects us to have towards others. We can't succumb to it and allow it to harden our hearts. The Lord is compassionate. He has never been indifferent towards us. He cares about all people regardless of what they say and do. Indifference works in opposition to God's heart. What God the Father considers to be pure and genuine religion is this, to take care of the orphans and widows in their suffering and to keep oneself from being corrupted by the world. James one twenty seven. He also says this, Let each of you look not to your, only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Bear one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. There are just a, These are just a few verses of what compassion looks like when it's lived out. So if you're struggling with compassion, you must bring it to the Lord and repent. Only he can transform our hearts to be more like his. Compassion comes from him. It is not born of the flesh. The Lord rejoices when we depend on him. He wants to heal us and restore us. So if it's about past hurt and betrayal you receive from being compassionate to others, confess it to him. Ask him to once again restore your compassion for those who are suffering, poor, and marginalized. He will heal your heart and free you from your own struggle. Do you know why? Because it is He who had compassion on us first. He provided and cared for us while we were still His enemy. Compassion glorifies God, not us. I'm Wanda on this segment of Just Keeping It Real. Thanks for listening to today's Open Places podcast. As we stay committed to repair, restore, and rebuild. As women, wives, and moms... We are standing with you to help see you grow.